As you can see, we've had our eye on you for some time now, Mr. Anderson. Hello and welcome to Rogue Chronicles, where today we're going to be talking about Agent Smith or Slash Smith from The Matrix. And with me today, as always, is the Neo to my Morpheus. It's Liam Hall. Hello, Liam. Ohayou gozaimasu. Genko de desu ka? My boys, my boys, my boys. It is so good to see you again. And Carl, I've missed your voice. I haven't heard your voice for over a week. I've been crying. I've been pining for your sweet velvety tones. And now you're finally back in my arms. Well, what, you, you, what did you do for those tapes I sent you where you asked me to speak in a low husky voice? Uh, well, they, they actually unfortunately got... Um, I, I didn't tell you this, but my house recently got set on fire. Uh, well, 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 my, my, my fourth house, which is where I kind of spend most of my summers. Um, but yeah, one of my servants was, um, he was a naughty boy, so I thought I'd burn him a little bit, but it kind of got out of control. I, I see, I see. Um, but as you do. But um, Carl, um, who, who are we doing today? What, what are we doing here? We are here to talk about Agent Smith from The Matrix. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, this is one of the more like, kind of recent villains that we've kind of done in terms of like... I mean, he's 90s, I guess. But. Yeah, kind of recent, I suppose. But it's still 1999. So you look at it 22 years ago, which is quite scary to someone like me, who was only a few years only a few years younger than you are now in 1999. <laughs> I was two when, this, when the first Matrix film came out. Well, I was 19. And what are you now, like 24, 25? So. I, I, I'm, I'm 14 now. Yeah. <laughs> Your 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 timeline doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, listen, but that's fine. I'm, I'm trying to keep up canon. It doesn't matter. No, no one's going to question it. <laughs> no, 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 no. But um, yeah. So I I kind of um, I'm trying to think when I first watched this because I, I think I must have been like 15 or something. Um, but I, I was always, I was always kind of aware of the character. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about you, but did you watch it when it first came out? Well, yeah, of course, did. Um. It was it was a weird it was a weird time when it first came out because a lot of people I don't think knew what to make of the film and it did it did have its critics uh, really? at the time on release yeah I heard a lot of people said oh don't watch that Matrix it's rubbish and uh, I think it was more to do with people not really understanding the the whole plot of the the thing because it is quite a complex and deep sort of plot mm. and, and whatnot with him you know, realising the, the world he's living in isn't real and and whatnot and then realising that he's a special chosen one etc etc but um, I, I always enjoyed it I've had it on VHS I've had it on DVD and I've got it on 4K download now as well it's a, it's a movie I've watched at least wow. 10 times it's one of those movies I can say I've definitely watched 10 times if not more of the original uh, I do like the other two as well uh, third one's probably the least but uh, the original is just a classic it's one of the greatest movies of all time for me oh, yeah, the, the original's really great I, I think that I mean it's weird because like, I, I kind of love films that kind of go very deep into kind of the world and the kind of the whole philosophy of it so I mean in theory mm. those you know second and third films should be my jam but I don't know. I, I kind of like the very soft world building of the first one. And um, 
Here's another, here's another indicator of how long ago the original Matrix was, is the Vakauchis were still brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good point. It's crazy how much... Um, do, do, do you think this is the best Wachowski film? Easily, easily. I think they've tried to do her films, and I find some of the, some of their other films reasonably enjoyable, but they've not not come close to the matrix i mean it was so cutting mm. edge at the time before the bullet time and the way people you know the way the characters moved and that's the dodge the bullets it was no you know almost never seen before sort of stuff it was amazing special effects and that oh yeah it was very inventive do, do you know the story about how um how they kind of got the funding for the film uh, i don't actually so uh, you can tell me that yeah, sure. So originally, um, they were given eight eight million um, to, to to do the whole film, and they in fact blew all that eight million on that first opening sequence with. Um... <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. With um, was it Trinity? I can't. I can't yeah. Remember her name. Trinity. Yeah. Being... yeah, that is some. That's a hell of an open, isn't it, for any film? Oh, it really film. is. Yeah, so, so they, they blew it all on that and showed it to the studio and were like, all right, give us more money. And we're like, all right, yeah, you know what, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> There's a blank check or whatever, but yeah. Which I uh, apparently, oh, yeah. Sorry, say, apparently they took a lot of inspiration from uh, Ghost in a Shell. Obviously yes. not the Scarlet you know, Hanson vehicle, but um, the original sort of comic book and anime. Yeah, have you seen the Ghost in a Shell film? I have, yeah. Yeah, it's really brilliant. I think I'd be really good to do for this actually at some point. I didn't um, think it was as. Uh, I've seen both. I've seen like the LMA version and the Scarlett Johansson vehicle, which I don't think is bad as people make out. I think I think they mm. make I think they make it out to be worse than it is because they don't like the whitewashing, which is which is fair enough. It would yeah. have been it would have been better if they'd uh, got um, an Asian actress to play it. But then, is there an Asian actress that's as marketable as Scarlett Johansson? I'm not too sure there is, so you can you can see why she was chosen. It's difficult because I mean, you know, if I chose a Japanese, actor, not saying I, mean, I agree with it, but you know, that's just the no. point I, I'm making. I mean, it's weird because um, uh, Oshii, who did the original Ghost of Michelle, he didn't really mind. Um, he didn't he didn't really mind that Scarlett Johansson was cast because it, it could be anyone. He, you know, it's a robot at the end of the day. But I, I, I'm actually with you. I actually really enjoyed that film, even though I I, I love the original. I actually thought. Mm. Um, I thought the character was more interesting in some ways. Um, yeah, I, I think they might have had to rejig things, and I think they added added something to try and get away with the whitewashing a little bit as well, making a an Asian in a yeah, because that's like the yeah. the body or the or the robot shell they made for her. So it it got all a bit convoluted because of the whitewashing. You either you either go a whole hog of your decision, or you know cast the you know the the right, you know, the right sort of actress for the, you know, for the role. Go, go Asian or <laughs> go Asian or go whole hog with your white person. So yeah. trying to get it all sort of weird <laughs> and convoluted with it. Yeah. So actually, his question: Do you think there's a comparison with the villain in Ghost and Michelle to kind of Agent Smith? Because in some ways we are kind of similar characters. Um... I mean, maybe, maybe not I don't know. I don't know. I'm not too sure, really. It's um, maybe a tiny bit, but um, I think I think they're also quite different as well. Perhaps we better start getting into the uh, the subject matter of the yes. piece, <laughs> which is 
Agent Smith. He starts off in the first film as just like a a standard part of the Matrix um, programming. He's he's sort of a program to keep things in check for the for the Matrix, really. And he's and they have these unique abilities. All the agents that so they can sort of inhabit other people that are in the matrix can't they and mm. i don't know what the right word is for it but they can sort of assimilate themselves into that person and if you kill them you're not killing the agent you're killing that person and they can just come back in another in another body so they are pretty much indestructible and they have like the superpowers as well which we see only people yeah. That have plucked that have that have taken the is it the blue pill that wakes you up or the red pill? I think I think it's um oh, yeah I think it's the red. I think it is the red. I think it is the red pill. Um, yeah. I remember Cy- uh, a line where Cipher says, "Why or why didn't I take the blue pill?" Because he doesn't like being awake, does he? Um, but um, yeah, so. Um, yeah, they, they, as I say, they have their abilities even surpass those of the likes of Trinity and Morpheus, and that's why they wake up uh, Neo, isn't it? Um, Miss mm. Mr. And what was his first name? I always remember him as Mr. Anderson, but I can't remember his proper first name now because they think uh, he's Thomas a, Anderson. That's it, because they yeah. think he's a special love, uh, chosen one. They think he's the one. You can save him. And this is why, like, the church always sort of say it's basically a story about Jesus and believing in yourself, don't they? Because it's the path of this guy discovering that he's a special saviour almost. I mean, religion is definitely a big part of the film. I mean, also, I mean, um, you know, religion and also psychology. Mm. You know, there's an awful lot to do with, um, I assume you've heard of the cave theory by um, Plato. Uh, I have, but it's been a long time since I've explored it, and some listeners might not know, so you should explain right. it, I think. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's a very simplistic kind of um, allegory. So, places allegory of the cave is where you're, you know, you're, the life that we're experiencing now, we're looking at shadows on a wall of a life, and then when we die, we'll wake up, or we die, or if, if we're awakened, we will, um, you know, snap back to another reality, and we'll be in real life and we will no longer be looking at our reflection in a cave, but in fact, you know, our real, like, reality. So it's, it's kind of basically like a false perception of reality. Hmm. That makes sense. So but it's very similar to kind of, um, you know, in, Inception kind of has a very similar kind of philosophy, yeah. so to speak. Um, I, I'm Just, sorry if I um, didn't explain that very well. <laughs> no, no, I, I understood what you meant. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty wild to think that there's a possibility the life you're living might not be real or as real as you think it is. Because basically, uh, anything is only as real as um, your brain tells you it is. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, so I meant to ask you this. Is something that I didn't really realize until doing research for this film. Um, we don't see um, Mr. Anderson until we actually meet Neo, do we? Because I, I, I always, in my head, I always had it that um, 
he was one of the ages, um, you know, pursuing Trinity. But Agent I, I Smith, you, you're, call, you're calling Agent Smith Mr. Anderson again. He, keep, Sorry. he, keep, he keeps doing this, listeners. You'll have to, you'll have to bear yes. with him. Yes, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I, I, no, I think he's at the start. I think, he's a, I, think he's, I think he is near the, I think he is one of the agents at the start where, where you see Trinity because uh, he asked the officers about um, le- leaving them to them and the officer said, um, I think we can handle one little girl. Yeah. Are you all right there, Liam? Because your yeah, yeah, your audio, no, your audio went a bit, your audio went a bit weird then. Uh, and can um, you still hear me? Yeah, the officer, okay. the officer says, uh, "I think we can handle one little girl." And Agent Smith says, "No, officer, your men are already dead." Right. Yes. Yes. You. You. You are. You are correct. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. But um, obviously, we then we kind of you know, we, we see him interrogating Neo, and um, I, I I think he's. He's a very unusual guy. Um, yeah, he's very. He, I mean, I suppose he is a computer program, but he, he's so he's very stoic, isn't he? Very sort of matter of fact. Speaks very mm. sort of speaks very sort of slow and deliberately, doesn't he, Mister Anderson? Mister Anderson. But he's, and he's, that, very, he's very complex as well. And that's quite a when you watch the Matrix for the first time. That's quite a weird and shocking scene when um, he says something about not saying anything at all, and his mouth sort of seals up. Because at that point, you you know this before he's found Morpheus, and before we've had the Matrix explained to ourselves. So we're viewing this as if this is the real world, and he's just been captured by you know some secretive CIA agents or whatever you. Uh, you suspect they are at this point. So then these weird things happen, like his mouth starts closing up. You're like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on here? Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah, very. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's very. Um, it's a very important film in terms of you know special effects history. Mm. Um, but it, there's an awful lot to it. Um, and something I kind of what, this sounds very weird, but it's weirdly quite grounded. You know, all the action sequences. They're quite close quarters. There's not, and obviously there's a lot of CGI, but they never go over top. Whereas I kind of feel like the second and third ones, at some points, it feels a little bit weightless. Yeah, they they go a bit more into CGI, but the CGI wasn't that prevalent in the nineties. And by the time they made the other two, I think two thousand three, two thousand four, the CGI had come on, you know, real leaps and bounds in mm. that that short period of time so they were able to do a bit more though when you look back at it some of it looks a little bit uh ropey now but uh which we'll talk about when we get there but yeah um and then obviously he finds out he's in the matrix neo finds out that um it it's uh he is a little bit faster than some of the others so he tries to battle agent smith and they have that great climatic battle right near the end but mm. um smith does end up shooting him shooting him dead in that corridor and you think that's it I was quite, again you you don't know do you you think you think he's actually brown bread at that time you think well, that's a weird way to take the film but um they bring him back or he comes back somehow it's that never really explained that bit and then he attacks he fights Agent Smith and completely sort of paces him, and then he does that thing where he sort of jumps inside him, and he makes Agent Smith explode. And you think mm. that's, and you think that's it. 
and then he goes back in the second one, he explains that that actually when he did that, he sort of imprinted himself on um Agent Smith, so his sort of his code imprinted on Agent Smith. So he sort of became free from the Matrix and as powerful, if not more so than Neo himself. And you need that if you could especially if you're gonna do a sequel and you've got someone so super powered. You need somebody who's at least their equal for them to be put in jeopardy, or you know, that's all the troubles with like some superheroes like Superman. You don't always feel they're in jeopardy because they're just so powerful and indestructible. You've got to have a villain that can match them or more so, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they are quite similar in terms of powers. I mean, obviously, um, I, I mean, which kind of makes sense is they kind of they're both very tapped into the Matrix. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's very strange. Um, how would you define his um his his kind of outlook on life? Um, you know, sorry, yeah, Agent Smith. I almost said Anderson. How would how would you define Agent Smith's outlook? He seems almost a bit nihilistic. Yeah, I think he's I think he's like just a, a, a narcissist. Really, he wants to take basically he wants to take over the Matrix, doesn't he? Mm. By the time he realizes he's set free, and he sort of just starts replicating everybody into doubles of himself until at the end of the third one, I think pretty much everybody is a copy of Agent Smith at that point. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of the point where it gets like a little bit cartoonish. Um, I, I mean, it does mm. it it feel a bit like an anime actually, which is quite ironic because we talked about the Ghost of Michelle thing. Um, <laughs> Do you think it's one of those examples where maybe it works best in animation, but maybe not in live action? Could be, possibly. It, it, it is a strange one, because the third one they, it was a lot more in the sort of real world, so to speak, wasn't it, as well? Mm. Where the first the first two probably more set in the, the actual Matrix part. So it was quite a, it's quite a strange way to go. And... Um, they're working on the fourth one at the moment. Apparently, Hugo Weaver isn't signed up for that fourth one. So yeah. Whether Agent Smith comes back played by someone else, or they just have a new villain. Um, I know Keanu Reeves has signed up for it, so that'll be interesting to see how they they do that. Whether it's the, the one we saw brought back, or it's another iteration, because you saw at the end of the second one that there'd been a cycle that had gone on for centuries, and there'd been several neos before before him mm. so you don't i don't know i'm sure i don't always like it when they do these belated sequels they're, they're never as good are they or they, they never seem to work as well yeah very rarely also i don't see i i, I can't see how they're going to do a new one particularly without smith but i mean i mean maybe he's gonna be played by like is it ian bliss who kind of took the role of um Agent Smith, is that right? I uh, have no idea. I, I think that's the other voice of the actor. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know how it's going to go. Um, but I, I guess with that, should we kind of get into the ratings, or is there anything you kind of want to um, touch on a little bit? Um, I don't know. I think we've covered everything. I, I was going to say, like when he does replicate himself. Um, and you see him having that big fight with um, Neo um, when there's like loads of Agent Smiths. Some of the map, you know, the 
the mapping on the faces to make them look like Hugo Weaving looks a bit ropey nowadays. Mm, yeah, I mean, if you didn't notice it as much back in the day, because that was pretty, you know, that was cutting edge as far as special effects went, but uh, especially because it was in uh, standard definition back then as well. But you see in HD or 4K remasters and and then compare it to the kind of effects we have these days, and it doesn't quite doesn't quite hold up as well, unfortunately. Yeah, especially when they have so much to focus on. You know, if it's just like, you know, if it's just Neo and you know, if it's just one agent spin from one Neo, like they can kind of, you know, they can do a decent job with that. What did you think? What did you think of um, the sort of climatic battle? Have you seen much of that? Because I know you said you hadn't seen all the yeah, films it, all the way through, but it, it's been a while. Um, I it's one of I think it's just one of those things where I just I don't know I, I kind of zoned out at that point. I mean, it's, it's just so over the top. Um, yeah, it was um, too much wire gigs. I mean, you can re- especially mm. in rewatches, and as I say now, because effects have moved on even so much, even from even from them. Um, you know, some of the wire gigs just look so sort of telegraphed now, don't they? It's, yeah, I, uh, I love wire gigs, but yeah, it's one of those things that I think you have to, you know, you have to expect <laughs> it to be to look fake. But, um, but the, you know, the thing I loved about uh, the original one, it was more martial arts and yeah. Keanu Reeves even just like the little Bruce Lee come on to him. It, it's more sort of martial art kung, kung fu, which with a bit of added, um, you know, acrobatics and and stuff that they can do, you know, like you know, really high leaping and they're running on walls and mm. and stuff. But at its core, it's just like it's just basically kung fu, and then it gets into this more elaborate fighting as a flight, you know, in the air as they're flying and probably two or three buildings and that. And as you say, it gets a bit sort of cartoonish. Yeah, it, it kind of moves from kind of you know those like kind of Hong Kong action films to kind of more kind of Dragon Ball Z, which, you know, I mean, it has its audience, but I think when you're, particularly when the special effects are quite dated compared to now, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I quite like that they kind of, well, you, you, your, your place is very noisy. I like that they kind of use it to tie up some, like, loose ends. You know, we, we kind of, we, we, we kind of get, you know, Agent Smith's kind of nihilist outlook and everything. We kind of get Neo's kind of determination. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one for me. What about you? How do you feel? Yeah, I agree. I just want to apologise for the noise, but we're doing this on Monday when it's really hot and my flat gets super hot, so I have to open all the windows. So yeah, I'm afraid you're gonna. I'm afraid. I'm afraid you're gonna hear a bit of traffic. Uh, I do apologise for that, but I'm not. I'm not boiling. <laughs> I'm not boiling myself on anyone's account. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree with your assessment now. And another thing we haven't mentioned um, is the fact that he's able to put himself in the real world as well, isn't he? Um, when that uh, character called Bane answers the phone, he's able to sort of copy himself into him somehow through the phone lines, isn't he? And then to the real world, mm. the real world. And they don't—they they just think it's Bane. They don't, re- even though he's acting really off. But I suppose you wouldn't you wouldn't expect it to be um, 
your number one enemy in disguise, would you? And they have a bit of a battle in the real world where he sort of blinds, where he blinds Neo, doesn't he, with that? Uh, some yes. sort of some sort of weapon or machinery or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah. Here's a question for you. We kind of mentioned the kind of religious allegory earlier. So if Neo is Jesus, who do you think um, Agent Smith is? The devil? Do you have any ideas? I don't know. I'm hesitant to say the devil because the devil is, isn't really mentioned that much in the Bible. Strangely, no, strangely, <laughs> strangely lies. I mean, even the serpent who um, tempts Eve isn't actually stated as being the devil. So, a lot of people sort of make that sort of make you know make you know they they make that sort of decision themselves that that must be the devil. But it mm. it, it, it isn't necessarily the case. It's, just uh, it was just a lizard that got punished and made into a snake. Hence, why snakes don't have legs. That's the orig- That's the original uh, crux of that tale. It's, but a lot of people sort of misjudge that as it being the devil himself. But it's not necessarily the case. And I think he's only mentioned a couple of times. I think he's there. I think he's there to tempt. He tries to tempt Jesus. I think in certain. Yes. In certain points in time, Agent Smith isn't trying to tempt him; he's just trying to destroy him. So, I'm not too sure, really. It's generally when he—I think it's when Jesus was fasting in in the desert. Mm, that's um, it. But the, de- the devil came to. Um, I mean, it's, it's almost like he'd been making it up as they go, go along. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to go into that. <laughs> the, the opinions of Liam do not represent the opinions of Rogue Opinions. No, absolutely not. And I, I would, I would, it would never. But um, I guess with that, should we just get into the into the rating? Yeah, definitely. All right. So, um, Fear Factor, my buddy, what are you feeling? I think he is quite scary. Um, the whole his whole demeanour. Uh, the way he dresses in that sort of dark suit. I'm not necessarily sure it's black. It was, it's more of a charcoal sort of colour. Mm. Um, and the shades. He look, he, Even though he's not a big muscular man, a, he definitely looks intimidating, I feel. And if, mm. you know, if you know what he's capable of as well. It feels like there's untold power in him. Yeah, I think because, as I say, he does look like a, a sort of CIA agent, and you know, they're, they're sort of portrayed as being quite unscrupulous at the best of times. So, yeah, there's definitely you definitely want to cross the street if you saw him. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I mean, it's weird because I mean, also his voice is very, is very intimidating. Mm. Yeah, it, it's the scariest part of him. It's almost scary when people speak slow and deliberate rather than ranting and raving at you, isn't it? Yeah, they feel like they're more. They feel like they're more in control of the situation when they're speaking sort of more deliberately, don't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's weird because I mean, I mean, this is a fear factor such threat, isn't it? Or is it no? No, this is just um, fear factor, isn't it? Yeah. Excuse me, yeah. So um, I'm going to go for an eight for that. I mean, it's not obviously as scary as seeing a, a huge monster or or someone with like loads of badass weaponry or something, but it's definitely definitely a presence about him. Yeah, it's weird with these kind of, hu- you know, humanoid kind of villains. You know, when you compare... 
I mean, he's not like he's not creepy like Shigeru is, but he's not like mm. crazy, like demented or intimidating like the Joker. So, um, and he doesn't look like he couldn't hurt a fly like Norman Bates. So, yeah, exactly. If, if, if anything, actually, I think the Norman Bates is probably the closest, maybe comparison because they both look. I don't know. You know, maybe it's also like the government thing. You know, he has this mm. government aesthetic. So actually, might as well go into aesthetic from this. So um, what are you going for, Thea? I don't think you gave a score. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, I, I, I'm also going to go for eight. Right. Cool. Um, so it is aesthetic. Yeah, think? as as we were just sort of, it's like a classic sort of secret agent sort of CIA kind of look. Mm. And it is, a, and it is a class. It, it is a classic. It's not sort of a standout as some looks, perhaps, but it, it's one that will always stand the test of time. You feel, and it's yeah, he's instant reckon, instantly recognizable in that dark suit and the and the shades and whatnot. Yeah, and it's weird because I mean, um, I'm trying to remember when did, when did the Men in Black um, films come out? First one was in '97, so not not too you know not too many years between them. Yeah, and I mean that that was that was a huge film. But I, whenever I see someone in like a black suit, whenever I see a, a like you know a man in black, man in black, I always think of um, Mr. Anderson and not mm. those films, which I think is you know I think that says something. So, it's a uh, uh, it's funny you should mention that because uh, Will Smith was the first choice to play Neo. Yes, he was. Yeah, that's right. I I, I don't know how that would work, to be honest. <laughs> but he, he, t- he, he turned it down to make Wild Wild West and hasn't made a decent movie since, so it all worked out well for him. <laughs> hey, if I had a banging theme song, excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I, 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 this might surprise you. I think I'm going to go for a nine. I, I really quite like the aesthetic of it. It's simple, but I think it really hmm. it's very iconic. Well, I, I'm going to stick with an eight again. I don't think it quite deserves a nine, but yeah. It, yeah, that, that, that's fair enough. Um, uh, this, this is going to be a very difficult one to um, do. The complexity of character. This might surprise you. Um, I think I'm going to go for a seven. Yeah, I'm not going to go too high for this. I'm, I'm thinking a six. I don't think he's got much. I don't think there's much complex complexity there. I mean, he starts off as just as part of the, a program, as part of the Matrix, just basically doing what he's programmed to do and then even when he's sort of released all he sort of wants to he sort of just wants to take over for reasons he's never really given much character development is he he's He's very really one-dimensional which um i i never really understood why because i mean the the films themselves are so you know they're so deep uh well i I guess that's also the problem they're kind of they're, they're kind of cracked as well but Hmm. It, it almost feels like he's in the, the sequels just to give um, Neo an opponent that's up to his level. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like the Vegeta. I, I don't know if that's... That's right. even the Oracle says uh, in a scene that he is your opposite. No, yeah. he's, he's everything you can do. You're, you're, and, you know, your dark side. But, you know, I mean, like, it's like we said, you know, the whole you know, Neo is supposed to be Jesus. And there's a lot of there's a lot of religious symbolism there, but mm. who the hell is you know who the hell was Agent Smith? I I don't know. It, it's a bit of a weird one, but yeah, I think seven for me is what I'm going to go for. So um, I guess with that, we we kind of touched on it earlier, but um, power slash threat. What are you thinking, buddy? 
I mean, I'm thinking a nine or a ten. I mean, he's super powerful, isn't he? Mm. Even even uh, in the first one, I mean, he's more powerful than all the others. Uh, even Neo, as hard as Neo tries, until he comes back from being shot, is completely outmatched by um, Mr. Anderson. And then and the others, he basically he basically takes over the entire Matrix. In the end, everyone's apart from Neo has been replicated and. Uh, another south and he's even changed the sort of aesthetic and weather of the matrix it's all dark and rainy and sort of very sort of film noir and um zack snyder isn't it? yeah so he, he's responsible for zack snyder so now we know who to blame <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I, I think a nines is um i think i think that's i think that's more than fair i, th- I think i'm also going to go for a nine yeah um, so, I'm going to go for a 10, actually. Oh, are you? Okay. Mm. Um, all right. Uh, I think I actually... Especially within The Matrix, at one point, its power is pretty much un, unlimited. Um, I don't quite know how powerful he is in the real world, but he does find a way to get into the real world, which is dangerous and in, impressive enough. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just for um, just for clarity, I accidentally added another nine, so I've taken that away. So hopefully this score should be right. Okay. Um, I, I know this, you know, the scoreboard sacred. So um, I, I just want to it is, it is a sacred score. And um, pop culture, and I think this is quite high. He's been around for over twenty years now, as we've said. He's, as you've mm. told me, the character pops up in uh, Space Jam, and that's a very yes. recent film. It's. Um, he is sort of referenced and and used, even if it's not by name, but more by likeness. If you know, if they not really should be using them for copyright reasons or whatever, but you always know who it's meant to be, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I, I think I'm going to go for an eight, um, which I, I think is actually quite high. I mean, considering how yeah. long it's been around. I, I think an eight too, because it's not quite the same sort of length as someone from either uh, X-Men who go way back to the 60s in comics or someone like Darth Vader who stretches way back to the um, 70s and what have you. So he hasn't quite had that sort of longevity yet, so it's unfair to score him too highly because of that. But he, he still, I still think he has influenced a lot of villains and, and other things. So, yeah, definitely an A, it seems about right for that yeah i I actually want to do um a recount for a second because i think i might have actually given him too much um i could be wrong though all right so did you do you remember what you gave him for fear factor yeah i gave him an eight i think you went with an eight as well yeah all right eight and eight and then for what what did you give him for complexity character i think you, you gave him a six didn't you yeah i went six you said seven yes and then uh for power i think you both went nine I went ten actually. You went uh, 10. Yeah. I went nine, you went ten. Okay. Uh, the, and then aesthetic, I think we went for eight for both of them, did we? You said nine, I think. Did I, I went eight. Nine? Yeah. Right, you did. Okay. Well, you then... can mark it down by one if you if you if you're not happy with your score there. Um all right, yeah, I think I actually got it. So um in the end, uh, he's actually nine points less than what I originally intended. Um, oh right. What I thought. So, um, but he's still quite high up. He's he's has eighty one 
No, eighty-one. That's pretty. That's pretty decent, to be fair. I feel like I feel like that's a good place to break because originally he was ninety, which I. <laughs> I, I mean, he must have added yeah an extra point on somehow, I think last year. Yeah, so he he's just he's just above the Daleks and just below the Eagles. <clears throat> Darth Vader's still kicking ass at the top of the table. Yeah, hey, who's going to beat him? Uh, I don't know. I'm not too sure at this point. I'm really not too sure. It's weird. Like I feel like it's going to be someone who we didn't really expect, but like. Yeah, it might be. It might be. I mean, I thought the Cyberman might have done it, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, I thought like Thanos actually could, could get there. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. It, it didn't quite. What did what did Thanos? Because that, um... that will that eighty six, and that will be out by the time. Um, but the fact that we're sort of the three of us and we're averaging scores might sort of be a bit detrimental to some of the entries. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that is definitely true. But I think I think Vader was... Was that with someone? Well, Monday Dracula was with someone, I think. That was not... Yeah, no. Uh, was it was was it Vader? Did, we, did Reese join us for Vader? I can't oh, no, no, it was Joker. It was, it was just yeah. you and me for Vader. Yeah, Vader, Joker got 87. So that was, that was, that was quite a high mm. one. Um... Yeah, I think I think we're gonna have to work really hard to find someone who could even challenge challenge Vader. Um, yeah, I think a lot slip up on complexity of character or the pop culture bit because they haven't quite been around as long. Yeah, that's the thing. I think but, that let Thanos down because I didn't know I hadn't heard of Thanos until watching the first Avengers movie, and then I had to look him up because he was this purple guy at the end of the film. <laughs> but Vader, somehow I've always known who Darth Vader, but but the but two of the films were released uh, sort of in my life, you know, my lifetime, the two of the original ones, 1980 and 83. So mm. it's always been there, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's been. Um, yeah, he, 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 he is my father. Jesus Christ. And with that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that now. Um, you know, yeah, I think we need someone old. I think that's, that's I think that's going to be the key for upsetting Vader. I think. Am I not old enough? Christ. Yeah, we. we we're well, hey, I'm young. <laughs> Everyone, take a shot. It's a very good <laughs> drinking game. <laughs> we need to come up. We need to come up with one of those at some point. <laughs> oh, anyway, this is really fun, buddy. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, it's a legendary villain. Uh, do you want to do your plugs? Mr. Liam. Oh, shit. You, you, you caught me by surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> do you want me to do mine first? No, no, no. no. Uh... Yeah, yeah, actually, no. You, you can follow me. If you want to abuse me and, and hurt abuse of me on Twitter, you can follow me at Carlos underscore Fire 80. Um, and you can follow the brand at, um, at Rope Break. Um, so, yeah. Carl, what about you? Yeah. Uh, if you want to see all my pictures uh, on theories and sign up to my only fans just uh, find me on harper milo i don't i, I, I don't know who that is um <laughs> and uh yeah you can also find the brand on a more serious note at rogue underscore opinion and make sure to check other podcasts uh i do the newly christened pudding ain't easy with scott the most recent one we were well, the first episode of that newly branded podcast we 
list our favourite Star Wars series and films in order. So see how we compare on that. Uh, we're going to be covering the Loki series soon as well. Um, at some point, I'm going to be doing No Rogues Bard. That might be out by the time this is um, uh, put out there because we call, record these quite well in advance. Mm. Yeah, I, I hear that um, that um, podcast is quite low key. Oh, I am. Is it? He's here all day, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they can't get rid of me. <laughs> God knows but, um, we've tried. Yeah, and uh, in fact, everyone, I'm, I'm wow. <laughs> everyone actually can look forward to. Um, uh, my my future podcast coming out with Reese if he ever applies and wakes up. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but everyone, yeah, look out for um, safe words and yeah, have a lovely day with Carl. I've loved talking to you. Yeah, I wish I could say the same. I've loved talking to me too. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Sayonara.